Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Wednesday, the 16th of February. And as usual, with all the information contained in this presentation, it is general advice only. So please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this briefing. And if you need to, you can always pause the slides here and read our disclaimer in full. And if you're listening on a podcast, head on over to marcustoday.com.au and you can read the disclaimer there, plus all the other goodies. And if you're not yet a member of the Marcus Today community, we'd love to have you on board. You can sign up there for a free trial of the newsletter. All right, well, a better night in the US last night. It was all about money rushing back into uh, bombed-out equity markets and out of safe havens, and we saw that especially in the oil price. Yesterday, I wrote an article about how if everyone is long oil and talking it up, and all big fans of oil who then is left to buy it. And last night, that certainly came to fruition, down 3.3% for Brent crude, $3.20 to 93.28. Back to the US markets, though, we saw the Dow Jones up 423 points, up 1.22%, 34.989. NASDAQ up 2.5%, 349 points, 14,140. And the S&P 500 in the middle for Diddle, as usual, up 1.58%. 69 points to 44.71. And that VIX index back down to 26, down 3 points, 9% down. Considering there's so much risk in the world at the moment in terms of the uh, Ukraine-Russia situation, in terms of the Federal Reserve meeting in March, that uh, VIX index is relatively benign at the moment. Certainly, the range has been 16 to 22 for an awful long time. It has busted out of that range, but uh, still only 26. So the market's still relatively uh, complacent, I guess, in terms of risk. It has been elevated, and people are paying up for uh, option prices in terms of getting hedges on, but uh, nothing that dramatic as yet. Spy Futures showing a 71-point gain, or 1%, last uh, night coming into this morning. So a pretty good night in store. Of course, uh, a lot of this rally in the US was predicated on some news reports saying that Russia's forces had made some limited withdrawals from the border. And Putin once again saying that it is not his intention to invade the Ukraine. So um, lots of fun and games going on there. And Biden came out after hours with a speech and really was uh, talking to the Ukrainians and the Russians rather than the Americans, and especially the Russians, saying that we don't want a war. And if we do have some sort of conflict, then you guys will be the ones that suffer. So uh, trying to bypass Putin to some extent uh, in terms of that uh, that narrative there, but certainly very much the easing of tensions in that uh, border conflict or potential border conflict, uh, giving rise to that gain on the market. Um, as far as commodities go, we had, uh, as I say, oil down 3.3%, Brent crude down $3.20, 93.28, WTI down $3.39, 3.55%, 92.07. Gold, which has been the haven that people have been looking for, down $13.20.71%. And iron ore was down nearly 9%, $13.20 to 136.20. Now, you probably saw yesterday 
the reaction to the iron ore prices. Uh, we do run a day behind effectively, so it will be all eyes on the Dalian futures today to see what iron ore does from here. At one stage, Dalian futures were down 10%, which explains why Fortescue uh, had a big drop yesterday, Rio as well, and other iron ore plays. So uh, taking uh, the Dalian futures price movement today as it happens in real time will set the scene and will be the sentiment driving that sector today. In other commodities, we saw the likes of um, copper up 0.58%, nickel up 0.3%, aluminium down 0.12%, zinc up 0.3%, lead up 0.46%, ton up 0.35%. In resource stocks overseas, Freeport McMoran up 2.9%, Alcoa up 0.24%, tech down 0.8%, Anglo down 2.8, Glencore up 1.2, Vale down 2, and Albemarle having a massive run. Maybe this is something that the lithium stocks have turned. They have been under serious pressure in the last few weeks in our market, crashing uh, in some instances 25-30% off their highs that we saw in January. Maybe that has been a safe haven uh, play in January and has been unwinding as people have been pushing into other uh, things like oil and gold, but uh, Albemarle was up 6% last night, so a pretty good night from Albemarle, which is one of the world's biggest lithium producers. Aussie dollar 71.52, so slightly higher, so a twin edged kick uh, or twin edged sword for the gold price in Aussie dollar terms. Not only is the bullion price in US dollars down 13 bucks, but also the Aussie dollar is up to 71.52, which is somewhat surprising given that iron ore fell that 9%. It must be on the back of what the uh, RBA was saying yesterday, although patience, according to Philip Lowe, is a virtue and a virtue that the RBA has. Here you can see the S&P 500 a bit all over the shop, but uh, closing pretty close to kind of its highs. So that was, uh, that was good. We did get some numbers out in the US last night on the economic front in terms of their PPI which were certainly showing that inflation is still and will be uh, a big issue. And of course, as we get closer to the March Fed meeting, we're going to get more and more speculation. And of course, we're going to get James Bullard out and about talking about front-loading interest rates and how he's trying to persuade the board. He's not the chief. Powell is the chief, but Bullard is a long-term member and uh, has a bit of sway, but he is keen to persuade the board to rip the Band-Aid off, go hard early, and uh, kick this inflation into touch. We'll see how that goes. Stocks rally as Haven Allure ebbs. Biden cranks up the volume on Ukraine, putting pressure on Putin, talking directly to the Russian people. Not sure if they'll get that feed in uh, Moscow. And Biden says attack's still a risk, but awaits a pullback. Uh, Russia has said that it has pulled back some of its troops, but US intelligence and satellite pictures are saying niet to that. Uh, Markets ramp up bets of a quick Fed tightening cycle with rate cuts being priced in from the end of 2023. Can we believe that we're now starting to see the analysts or the economists now pricing in rate cuts after rate rises? Anything for some volatility and getting those trading volumes up. Flattening yield curve playing into concern. Central bank will commit a policy error. I'd say the central banks have already committed many policy errors and being way too slow off the mark with interest rates and still stimulating the economies uh, despite the fact the US has 7.5% 
inflation. So I don't know if they're going to commit any more policy errors, but certainly there is a danger that they will overstep, but we'll see. Kuroda says the Bank of Japan won't implement frequent fixed rate purchase operations, and the PBOC injected 100 billion yuan into the financial system yesterday, and more easing than expected obviously didn't help the iron ore price. And the Bank of America Global Fund Manager survey shows the biggest cash, cash allocation since May 2020 and the biggest tech underweight since August 2006. And U.S.-China trade talks could end soon as Washington does not expect Beijing to make further concessions. That's all worked out perfectly, hasn't it, for, uh, for both countries there. What to expect today? Well, we did see that U.S. PPI for final demand up 9.7 from January last year, 1% from the prior month. Uh, 10-year yields in the U.S. 2.04%, Australia 2.18%. But it will all be about the results today and uh, they are dropping thick and fast the big one today is csl maintaining dividend as profits fall revenue up five percent but profit down three percent interim dividend of one dollar and four cents us now i know we all think of csl as this massive growth stock but that certainly doesn't scream growth for me that screams staple and uh, certainly the p of csl i'm probably being un-australian here uh, is quite demanding for a stock that is growing uh, not at all. So still the jury out, I think, on that Vifor Pharma purchase, which uh, has created a big weight on the stock. We also saw Nearmap results out today. The loss bigger, but they have got record annual uh, uh, growth there and uh, ACV growth. And uh, we've seen uh, SGF, which is sli- uh, SG Fleet, Upgrading dividend on soaring revenues. Revenues up 79.9% to 433.4%. I guess we're all buying new cars if we can get hold of them, even second-hand cars. So that does well for SG Fleet. Everyone's feeling fat, happy, and richer and going out and spending money on cars. Treasury Wine Estates. Net sales revenue dropped 10.1% to $1.2 billion. Net profit after tax fell 75 to $109.1 Interim dividend 15 cents and uh, Breville revenue rose 23.6 to 878.7. Dividend 15 cents up 15.4. You have to say Breville is a pretty good class act out there and uh, does very well. But certainly uh, we are seeing some uh, increase today in that spy up at 71 points. So you would expect a far better day today, but very much concentrating on the uh, results will also be keeping a big eye on Dalian Iron Ore Futures, which did knock that whole sector yesterday. Uh, NABs and uh, Westpac will be in uh, in the market's eye as well. Westpac had a pretty good day on Monday, a bad day on Tuesday. We'll see how it settles today. NABs has been the, uh, the bank of the week following their results. So that certainly is getting a lot more uh, positive comments. And NAB has been the ugly duckling. As far as uh, U.S. tech stocks go, we did see that Nasdaq up. The likes of Apple up 2.3, Meta up 1.5, Microsoft up 1.8. U.S. banks better. Goldman's up 1%. Wells Fargo up 1%. And Block up 3.2%. So that's kicking on for um, SQ2 today as well. In other news today, the sale of Glencore's copper mine in Cobar could see IGO and Oz Minerals in the running there. 
And Ares Management has secured a 15% stake, or near 15% stake, in GMA last night, with Macquarie doing a raid on the register at $2.90. We don't see raids very often. It's usually some sort of approach and a scheme of arrangement or some non-binding, etc., but uh, very much uh, a uh, unwanted and unsolicited raid there on the register. As far as question of the day that goes today, have central banks lost credibility? So do we believe them anymore? We've spent last year being told inflation is transitory, and yet it's not. So have central banks lost credibility? And if so, how do they gain it back? How do they get back on the same page as the real world? Well, that's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening. You can head on over to the Facebook discussion group. Plenty of lively debate always there. Three and a half thousand members. Members helping members is the motto there. And we also have an exclusive members only event for Sydney members coming up in March, March 16th. And where we'll be running a uh, sort of live meet the analysts where uh, you get to uh, meet each other more importantly and uh, have a chat to me about things in a uh, nice low pressure setting if you're listening to this on a podcast don't forget we have three other podcasts the market strategy podcast where we have the morning meeting now that we record and give uh, over to you guys for your um, education and some ideas there on the desk podcast and on the couch podcast still hoping to uh, pin the boss down this week to answer some of your questions that you put but in the meantime have a great day and may the results be with you (coughs) 